You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Hannah's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. going everybody welcome to podcast number 138 i'm your host reality steve thank you all for tuning in got a great show for you this week we're getting a little bit off the bachelor for a week and we're going to talk a little paradise hotel but first got a couple sponsors for you when hunger strikes just remember this set of numbers 90 10 1 90 calories 10 grams of protein one gram of sugar these are the numbers of protein one a bar that fills you up without loading you up Available in four tasty flavors that can help kick your cravings. Try Protein One for your next snack emergency. Available at all major retails, Walmart, Target, local grocery store, and Amazon. Also, Griffin's Comfortable Sheets and Duvets, made with premium quality Supima cotton, will give you the most comfortable sleep of your life. For a limited time, you get to try these sheets for free for 30 days. No strings attached. If you don't like them, send them back. And you won't be charged. Visit griffinhome.com or search Griffin Home and use the code Steve at checkout. That's Griffin spelled G-R-Y-P-H-O-N home.com and use code Steve. Like I said, we've got a great show for you this week. A very interesting show as the winners of Paradise Hotel, Tatum Smith and Bobby Ray join us. And they're separate because, well, they're not friends anymore. And we will get into that uh, on the podcast as well. But um, you listen to both of them, and you listen to both tell their stories about what happened, what they experienced. It's really interesting. And I th- there's a couple things I want to point out. One, when you listen to Bobby Ray, he he really dissected this show and thought about everything beforehand and was very practical in the way he approached this show Considering the show hasn't been on in 15 years, there really wasn't a winning formula. He didn't have anything to go off of. None of these people did. I don't think they really took strategy from 15 years ago because they really didn't know what to expect. But yeah, this was really interesting to hear Bobby Ray talk because it's almost like he was a mad scientist kind of thinking everything through and just the way he thought about the show was a little bit different than Tatum and some of the other people. I mean, it it worked for him in the end, so I guess that's the... I don't want to even say it was the proper strategy because anybody can do whatever they want on this show. But it, it's really interesting to listen to him talk because he thinks about everything so practically. And I, I was kind of fascinated by that. Also, I want to hit on one thing. For those that didn't see the end, Bobby Ray and Tatum were the winning couple, but then it's thrown at them at the last minute, kind of like they did on the challenge with Bananas and Sarah, that um, you know you either – it was thrown on them that they weren't just going to automatically split it. They had a choice to make. And Bobby and Tatum were split up. They were they were put on a walkway facing each other, and each step they took towards each other was a dollar amount: fifty thousand, hundred thousand, one fifty, two hundred, and two fifty. Um, that might have been there. Might have been another dollar amount in there, or whatever. I might have been off on the dollar amounts. But every time they took a step, they and then they had to stand on that step for sixty seconds. They could and they had a ball in their hand, and if they wanted to drop the ball at any point, they could, and they would keep that money, and the partner would get nothing. Bobby Ray ended up dropping at 200000 so Tatum walked away with nothing. However, there is a podcast out there and a website, I believe, that is reporting that Tatum got $50,000 uh, on this show. Uh, I can tell you that that's wrong. I don't know why that person is reporting that, but Tatum did not get $50,000 from this show. She got nothing. Bobby Ray dropped his ball at 200000 
And that's what he got. So just wanted to make that clear. Um, I don't know why somebody out there is reporting and putting it on a podcast that Tatum won $50,000 because she didn't. So let's get started. Uh, You're going to like both of these. First up is Tatum. I actually recorded with Tatum on July 4th. So it's been about a week since we recorded. Bobby Ray was a couple days ago. And you'll hear on Bobby Ray's interview, I do tell him some of the things that Tatum said in her answer. So he knew what she was saying. And they definitely disagree on a few things of in terms of what would have happened if maybe she didn't hook up with Carlos and what she thought he was going to do with the ball and what he his original plan was. Like it's it's really interesting to hear them both talk about it, especially since they're not friends anymore. So enjoy this. Podcast number one thirty eight. First up, Tatum Smith, then followed by Bobby Ray. All right, let's bring in our guest. Uh, she made it to the finals of the most recent season of Paradise Hotel before her partner Bobby ended up taking $200,000 for himself. It is Tatum Smith. Tatum, thanks for coming on. Hello, thank you for having me. You got it. Um, this is a show that uh, hasn't been on the air in since 2003. So if my math is correct, you were about seven years old when this show first yes, yes, yes. When it first aired. So when you went for casting or were in the process of getting cast for this show, did you know you were getting cast for Paradise Hotel or did you respond to something that said, hey, we're casting for a dating show on a major network? Or How did they present it to you? I knew that I was getting casted for Paradise Hotel. Okay. I didn't know what the show was exactly, but I knew what I was getting into for sure. Okay. Now, when you found out it was Paradise Hotel, did you by any chance go online and try and find the old episodes and just kind of see the vibe I, of it? I actually watched a few minutes of the old uh, show, but I didn't binge watch it or anything. I just kind of went into it not knowing a lot of things. Okay. And like I said, you are 23 now, so you were <laughs> very young when this Correct. Um, okay, so once, so how did the casting work for you? How did you get cast, and was it a long casting process for you? Yeah, so um, believe it or not, I actually got casted for Love Island at first. Oh, Their process was very, very slow, and Paradise Hotel reached out to me, and they moved a lot faster, so that's why I went with Paradise Hotel. And they reached out to me, they Skyped interviewed me, they flew me out to L.A., we got tested for everything we got um asked questions and they just moved a lot faster so i didn't think of it like as anything serious until i got the call hey you're on the show (laughs) all right and it's funny because love island starts i believe next week on cbs and that's going to be a show that i mean i know it's huge overseas i don't know how it's going to translate over here because it's airing five nights a week like i just don't know anybody that's going to be committed to a five night a week show a reality show same here and apparently paradise hotel is pretty big overseas too like in sweden and france um so Mm. i guess that you know a lot of people overseas watch it too yeah and then you know let's face it i mean for paradise hotel the initial plan was we're going to air three nights a week thursday i think it was thursday monday wednesday thursday it started on a thursday night or whatever and then it was like monday wednesday thursday and then after one week they were like screw it we're only airing one night a week for two hours yeah so that well it was it was hard for them because the bachelorette was on and the nba finals were on so they didn't get a lot of viewers that they anticipated yeah maybe they just planned it out of when it was airing at the wrong time so yeah that's that's what I think. We only, you know, like I said, we only got one week of of a three episode week, and then they said, "All right, we're going to air it on Thursday nights for two hours." 
Did they tell you guys this when you were filming on set? Like, hey, by the way, we we got cut down to one night a week. Yeah, they didn't tell us anything. Um, All that we knew was that we were just filming 24-7, and we actually didn't find out until the whole entire show was over. Okay, so you didn't know. Um, that's, yeah. That was my thing. I, I'm, I'm big on, like, filming. And, and see, this show is interesting to me because what I do and my main job on the side is I cover Bachelor and Bachelorette, and that show is all filmed, you know, way in advance. Bachelor is yeah. in the can for seven weeks before the first episode airs, and Bachelorette Correct. is in the can for, well, this season it was about four days before they started airing. This is a show that is turning around stuff within two or three days. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty fascinating. It's, it's very big brother, like in that way. So, yes. Um, and we only ended up having, you know, the, the big appeal about paradise hotel was supposed to be this live segment where people get voted in. And really there only ended up being, I think two times where you went live. And that was two live segments. Yeah. yeah. Two live segments. And you know, that, that kind of, kind of took the luster off then it's like all right well it's just another dating reality show it's nothing different than anything else but um so when the finale aired on june 6th how many days had you been home by then um i was home for about i want to say three days okay did you have like a watch party and tell everyone to come over and watch yes i had a huge watch party (laughs) and your dreams get stomped as bobby through yep And obviously yep, you didn't say anything. Party. All my friends came. It was all my family was there. It was fun. And you didn't say anything, obviously, right? Like No, you- I did not say anything. I wanted everyone to be surprised. What was the reaction when Bobby threw the ball down and you are you know, you get so screwed out of money? I actually I, I actually had the watch party at my work and a lot of people came, a lot of my girlfriends came, and when Bobby threw the ball, everyone was shocked, but I stood up and I was like I'm coming back to work, baby. And everyone was like, hey, and they were so excited. And so it was, we made light of it. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about a few of the things that happened on the show. And um, I think the first one that comes up to me was when Jair came in. When Jair was voted in by America, yes. you had this plan of making him think that you liked him and you went out on a date, you kissed him, but you were clearly scheming with Bobby. Tell us what that was all about and do you regret it? Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't regret a lot of things. I feel like I was definitely playing the game. This was my idea, and I brought it up with the foursome, which was Tyler, Rosanna, and Bobby. Yeah. Bobby didn't really agree with it, but Tyler and Rosanna were down, so we went through with it. And I knew that I could have Jair in the bag. He specifically said that he likes blondes, and I thought – you know, I was the only blonde. This is a perfect way to weed Jair out. And I just did it. And it was really easy. I knew that, you know, he liked me. <laughs> but until he got immunity, that kind of messed things up for sure. I was going to say, and then that twist of, oh, by the way, Jair can't get voted off. You're like, oh, crap. Yeah, th- that was honestly a very scary moment because I knew that Jair was going to pick me. Because we had a great, great date. Yeah. And what... I'm trying to remember what the um, how did Jair find out about you guys schemed that was a whole like made up I guess Carlos told him but I I didn't know that until the end but was it Carlos that said it okay yeah Carlos was an interesting character Carlos seemed to run his mouth to everybody Um, he was (laughs) who was quite an interesting character what okay I I know he said it on the show but I don't kind of remember 
What is his nickname that he gives himself, and what is the significance behind it? The Poppy thing. What is it? Huh? I don't Poppy. Poppy is his own. I don't know the significance behind it. I just know that it means dad seasoning because that's what Chris and Cavallari said. It means. <laughs> so it I means actually what? don't know anything about his nickname. It's. It, it means what? Dad. What? Dad seasoning. Oh. <laughs> Right. I don't know. I, 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 you can't ask me about that because I really don't know. All right, all right. Let's t- let's talk about the Carlos situation with you. Okay. Um, it kind of had me a little bit confused, but I know there's a lot that we don't see, so that's yes. where I kind of want to help you to help me fill okay. in the blanks here. So I'm gonna let you explain it, but I want to set the scene for people that didn't watch or maybe confused like I was, or maybe this is how it wasn't shown or what wasn't shown. So your team, okay. you're teamed up with Bobby. You seemingly were a solid team at that point. Carlos in a, you know, at a nighttime conversation with you where it's just you and him talking, he tells you he's always liked you. You guys make out on at least two different occasions that we saw. Um, so one of my questions, I guess my first question is to me, that move would have made sense if you were planning on dumping Bobby for Carlos at some point. So if you guys were never caught or Carlos doesn't run his mouth, was that the ultimate plan that you wanted to play out, that you were going to leave Bobby for Carlos? So I actually wanted to play Carlos and get Carlos out. Oh, Because okay. initially, Carlos and I, we never had a real connection. We would always have conversations saying, hey, I like you, I'm attracted to you, but I've never sat down with Carlos and asked him about his family, his friends, or his background i didn't know anything about carlos i just knew that we were both attracted to each other okay so when you are kind of planning this with him you're lying to him correct okay see it's it's tough to tough to see that on tv because we just we see you saying like and you know you're you know uh, sneaking off to his room and making out in the bathroom we're like Mm -hmm. oh is she is she playing bobby but you're saying you were playing carlos so at the first moment when Carlos and I were, I guess, a thing you can kind of say, um, it was definitely me playing him and I wanted to get him out. The second time I kissed Carlos, it was after the ice pop challenge. And all I wanted to do was talk to him because Bobby was so disrespectful and rude to me at the challenge, which I don't think was shown very much. Um, and so I went to Carlos and that's when I kissed him, but I always knew that he had a thing for Caitlin and it was real and genuine. And I knew that he would never like leave Caitlin for me, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Um, so Bobby was upset and the way he found out was Carlos just ran his mouth and set and, and said it. Why did Carlos reveal your plan or what he thought was your plan of you and him? kissing and of, whatever of me kissing carlos yeah why did he do it to try so, and get you guys to try and get you out so people would turn on you so bobby actually found out through caitlin because caitlin was sitting at the hammock which was shown with jamie and oh, yeah. after okay. the ceremony i was talking to carlos and the ceremony, Caitlin kind of called me out. I don't know if this was shown or not. And she said, you know, I know things are happening here and I'm not stupid. This, this, this. And that's when I took Carlos down and I sat him down and I was like, okay, you told Caitlin when our plan was to not tell anyone. And I was asking Carlos how I should tell Bobby. 
when I was talking to Carlos, Caitlin came down and they showed this. And Caitlin was like, let's all talk together. We need to figure this out. Caitlin calls us up. And that's when I tell Bobby, you know, I, I kissed Carlos and I broke the news to him. Okay. Now, if your ultimate plan was you were doing that with Carlos to eventually get Carlos out. Yeah. When you finally fessed up to Bobby about what you did, at least we didn't see it. I don't think. Why didn't you? Why wasn't it shown? Or or did you tell Bobby, look, I only kissed him because I'm playing him? Or did you say that on the show? I I did not tell Bobby that. Just because the first time that Carlos and I kissed, Carlos actually kissed me in the bathroom, and we agreed that we were just going to keep it a secret and not tell anyone. And I went along with it and I didn't tell anyone. I just let it be. And then Carlos ruined everything. And that's when I was like, okay, we need to get this guy out of here. He's untrustworthy. Even though I was always on good terms with Carlos, no matter what. So Carlos just kind of ruined it. And I never told Bobby that just because I mean, but once it did get out, why didn't you say, all right, Bobby, uh, you know, yeah, I didn't tell you, but here's the reason why. And, and I was basically using him. Because the second time that Carlos and I kissed, I voluntarily went in there and I was upset at Bobby because he was disrespectful to me. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, there were times where I just wanted to talk to Carlos, but I always knew that Carlos and I, he would never stand behind me, which thank God he didn't, because if he did stand behind me, he could have chosen a couple to leave. Um, so it just, it all kind of worked out. Did who are you? Who are you? Like legitimately? I mean, I guess obviously it's been a month since the, you know, it ended and whatnot. But when you were out there, who were you more attracted to, Carlos or Bobby? At first, I was attracted to Carlos. Carlos was completely my type. But as I grew to know Bobby as a person, I began to become really, really attracted to him. I actually really liked Bobby. Who's a better kisser? <laughs> I don't kiss and tell. Come on now. I can't say. <laughs> uh, all right. You know, um, I kiss a few people on the show, too. Yeah. So, who, like, I'm trying to think. Who else did you kiss on the show? Was it just those two? I kiss, no, no, I kiss Carlos, Bobby, Jair, Rosanna. Oh, duh. <laughs> oh the duh. Joe, uh, Jair, yeah. Obviously, we already talked yeah. about that. Um, Wait, you kiss, yes. wait, you kiss Rosanna? When was this? I kissed did I miss Rosanna. that? Yes, that was a truth or dare. So we just kissed each other and we kind of made a little fun thing out of it. Oh, all right. <laughs> she picked me up off the ground and everyone was like, whoa, okay. Okay. Did we see that? Wait, have you gone back and watched the whole season or no? Yes, I have. Okay. Did we see, was that shown? I can't remember. You and I Rosanna's kiss. I think it kiss. was. Okay. I think it was. Yeah, I can't. Why am I forgetting that? I can't imagine why I would forget you and Rosanna kissing, but apparently I have. <laughs> Well, there is there's extended stays on YouTube too, oh. which are like scenes that are were not shown, hmm. so it could have been on there too. Okay. But. All right, guys, let's take a break real quick. Got two sponsors for you this week. I want to talk to you about Protein One. Your stomach is rumbling. You need something to fill it. Hunger strikes so aggressively, it's easy to grab for the nearest snack. You got donuts in the break room, bag of vending machine goodies, or a muffin from the downstairs cafe. But when you need a quick Tasty treat. There's only one set of numbers you need to remember. 90, 10, 1. 90 calories, 10 grams of protein, 1 gram of sugar. These are the numbers of Protein One, a bar that fills you up without loading you up. It's available in tasty flavors that help kick your cravings. Chocolate chip, peanut butter chocolate, chocolate fudge, and strawberries and cream. All four of those are in my rotation right now. And I said 
said it numerous times. It's now my morning wake up. Like I said, it doesn't load me up, but it does kind of fill me up. And when you got all four, I'll be honest, sometimes I've had two for breakfast. I can't help it. They're really good. Try them. Try Protein One for your next snack emergency. It's available at all major retails, Walmart, Target, local grocery store, and Amazon. Also want to talk to you about KiwiCo. They create super cool hands-on projects for kids that make learning about STEAM fun. With a KiwiCo subscription each month, the kid in your life will receive a fun, engaging new project, which is going to help develop their creativity and confidence. The projects are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning in kids of all ages. All projects, inspiration, and activities are created by a team of product designers in-house in Mountain View, California, and rigorously tested by kids. Every crate includes all the supplies needed for that month's project, detailed, easy-to-follow instructions, and an educational magazine to learn even more about that crate's theme. KiwiCo inspires kids to see themselves as makers and is on a mission to empower kids not just to make a project but to make a difference. I actually got an email from a listener because KiwiCo has been a advertiser for a few times now on the podcast. And I got an email from somebody who got this for their son. I believe their son was six years old and he absolutely loves it. And I can't remember exactly which one they said he got, but she said... It's actually been really educational for him, not just some little toy that he can run around and eventually break. Uh, she said he loves it and to thank me for you know, having the sponsor on. So props out to KiwiCo for doing that. They are offering Reality Steve Podcast listeners the chance to try them for free. To redeem this offer and learn more about their projects for kids of all ages, visit KiwiCo.com slash Steve. That's KiwiCo, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Steve. Now, let's get back to Tatum Smith, then Bobby Ray, uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. All right, let's get to the end here. And um, going into the finals, it's you and Bobby up against uh, Carlos and um, what's her name? I'm Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> Blanking on Caitlin. Sorry, Caitlin. Um, so you're, you guys are the final two couples. And like most reality shows, you're voted on by... The people that were voted out have to basically stand behind the couple they want to win. Going into that finale, did you think you guys were going to win? I had a pretty good feeling that we were going to win. I knew that a lot of people did not like Carlos. Yeah. So that just kind of boosted my confidence. Mm -hmm. Did when when was there anybody who voted that? voted for you that you were surprised voted for you or voted for Carlos that you were surprised voted for Carlos? Um, not really. I think everything made sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everything definitely made sense for sure. And so it happens. You guys are declared the winners and on the spot. I don't know. Obviously on the spot on TV that we're watching, it was on the spot, too. Okay, so it wasn't like any delay where there was time to go over anything or strategize or whatever. Kristen Cavallari so, says – oh, go ahead. So when Bobby and I were declared the winners, we actually immediately got sent to our rooms, and we had to think about our decision, and we went over the rules and regulations, and and then we were just out there. For, I couldn't talk to him. We couldn't look at each other. We couldn't do anything. Okay, so for for those that didn't see – you're declared the winners as a couple, but they now throw in the twist of, oh, by the way, we're going to do a loyalty test where you each stand at opposite ends. 
you walk towards each other. Each step is, you know, a monetary value, 50,000, 75,000, you know. And then at any point, if one of you throws down the ball that you have in your hand, that person wins that amount of money. The other person gets nothing. If you get to all the way to the center of 250,000 and either of you drop, you split the 250. Okay. So my question is this. When you guys, like maybe even days before this, when you guys as a cast are sitting around, obviously you have all day to do probably a lot of nothing. When you're sitting around and talking about stuff, did anybody ever bring up the the idea that, hey, do we really think that the final couple is just going to split 250 or are they going to throw a twist in? Did anybody bring it up? I'm not sure about anyone else because we weren't surrounded by anyone else. But I actually brought this conversation up with Bobby and... Bobby just completely ignored it. And that should have been a red flag there for me. And I was like, Bobby, what if we have to split the money? He was like, I don't even want to think about that right now. I just want to think about winning. And that was that. Okay. So he actually, so you actually brought it up that there was, I mean, you, you guys would winning as a couple, you would have to split two fifty. What, like, what did you bring up to him? It was a very brief conversation. It was in bed and we were trying to figure out, everyone who would actually stand behind us to see if we would win okay and i brought it up i said bobby what if we have to split the money what are we gonna do and he was like tatum i don't even want to think about that right now i just want to think about winning and you know i should have thought right there you know he's not going to split it with me because he doesn't even want to talk about it but i was completely blindsided by it and yeah yeah all right so (laughs) so on the loyalty test you're walking towards him Yes. Was there any part of you that thought at any point that you were going to drop? Or was it in your mind there was no way you were ever dropping? You were ho- you were going to 250 and hoping he got you there and neither of you dropped? I was going to 250. I didn't have a single thought in my head to drop the ball. I know that I did Bobby wrong, but then again, it was just a kiss. And him and I worked that out. We had a couple good nights together. And I just... Yeah, I didn't have any thought on dropping the ball. I wanted to meet him in the middle. And us as viewers are seeing this play out, and Bobby's walking towards you. He's constantly smiling, constantly winking. Yeah. Were you yeah. when he was doing that to you, and obviously you were seeing him do this? Were you thinking you were safe, or were you thinking he might be just playing me right now? Or is it not I... until he dropped would you realize, oh shit? I had a small, small thought in the back of my mind that he might drop the ball on me just because he had been on a roller coaster and it hasn't been perfect for him. But I also know that I played the game. I feel like I got us to the end and we were a perfect couple. He was there playing it safe and I was there playing the game. And so I did have that thought in the back of my mind that he was going to drop it. But when he was winking at me, smiling at me, kissing me, kissing, or I should say blowing kisses at me. Yeah. I was confident and I was looking at him in the eye and I felt great. I felt like we had this. And when he dropped the ball, I was just in shocks. It was so, it was a crazy experience. It's actually so hard to explain. Yeah. And the one thing that disappointed me about that finale was Bobby's ball drop literally happened two minutes before the show went off the air. I wish we would have had more like reaction i mean the only thing we saw was you walking away crying and everyone basically cheering on bobby um yeah so we had a stand on the the little block thing for 60 seconds 
And believe it or not, they actually had to redo the reaction, which I'm not very happy about because when Bobby dropped the ball, everyone was shocked and they didn't say anything. And everyone was just looking at me. And I, when I walked off, I guess they had to redo a reaction of them being happy and stuff. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the, the look that Bobby gave you is like the look that everybody's talking about. It was yeah. almost like he dropped it and said, fuck you. That's yeah. What, I mean, that was the look that he gave. Um, so post-show. Yes. Obviously, you've spoken to Bobby about it. When what yes. was the first time you got to speak to Bobby after the drop happened? How far, How long after that? A couple hours or what? So after the drop happened, I went straight to my room. I packed my stuff and I said, I want to leave. I want to go home. I didn't talk to any of the cast members, not even Bobby. And we actually went back to a hotel um, because flights weren't going out until like two days later. And I stayed in my hotel room when everyone was hanging out, partying, having a good time, celebrating the show. And Bobby pulled me aside and he talked to me. He's like, hey, let's be on good terms, um, you know, and let's just move on. And so that's what happened. So it was like a day after. So when you finally made it home, you were obviously bothered by the fact. I mean, anybody would be bothered by the fact that it didn't win anything when you had a chance to, that you didn't come home with any money from the competition part of it. Um, but... You had got, were you pretty much over it at that point with Bobby? Like, okay, no, I get it. Why? Like, do you understand why Bobby did what he did? Or do you still like to this I mean, day? I mean, like, I what? guess I understand. But, I mean, I was his partner. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And that's what I told myself in the beginning, too. No matter who my partner is, without them, I would still split the money with them. Because I would not be there without them. No matter what. Um. For me, at the end, I was kind of over the money because I won Paradise Hotel. We won Paradise Hotel as a couple. I just didn't win any money. Yeah. And I tried to clear things up with Bobby, and I wanted to be on good terms with him and be civil with him. And I kind of forgot about the money because I really liked Bobby as a person. But, you know, now <laughs> our relationship's a little rocky, I would say. Okay. Um. So before we get into to that part, I guess my my final question on the whole competition aspect of it is: Do you ultimately think that if you had never kissed Carlos, Bobby never drops the ball, and you guys are splitting two fifty? You know, I really don't know the answer that to that question at all. Um, I've thought about it, and I just can't answer it because I don't know. I guess that, I mean, obviously that's a question for Bobby. I mean, Bobby knows the answer to that yeah. question and hopefully we can get him. I mean, he says, he says that he would hold the ball, but I really don't think deep down inside that he would. Just because he was there for friends. He was there for opportunities and money and he wasn't there to gain a connection with anyone. So I think that he would drop the ball no matter if I played the game safe. Hmm. Interesting. So you mentioned, you know, about about a week after the finale aired, you did a YouTube video where you took questions off of Instagram, although 95% of the questions were asking you about Bobby. Yes. And, you know, you, you kind of laid out exactly where you were. And so yes. what I got from that video, now granted, that video, like I said, was about a week after filming. We're going to yes. get to what's changed since then. But at the time, you seemed in that video that you we're interested in Bobby still, yes. but he wasn't reciprocating. Is that accurate? 
Bobby would say that he cares about me and that he wants to hang out with me and talk to me, but it was just not being shown at all. So how often were you guys speaking post-show when you got back to Arizona and he went back to, he's in Missouri, right? Yes. San Luis. Okay. He, um, he called me and he actually talked to me for about two hours on the phone. He talked to my parents. We talked on the phone. Um, we FaceTimed. We would text every once in a while. He was kind of busy after the show. And there would always be an excuse. And I got to the point where I was over it. And, yeah. So it was something to where you were considering, like, he is somebody that you would consider dating and you were going to try a long-distance thing. Yes. I was down. I actually really liked him. But you know what's so funny is now that I think about it, just because Bobby and I, we currently don't talk anymore at all. We are on not good terms. I think about it and my friends are like, if Bobby was in Scottsdale with me, I would probably never even look at him. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, yeah. That's what the bachelor, that's what the Bachelor and Bachelorette's contestants go through. Yes. I feel like I had Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> what? Now, are you saying are you saying that now just because Bobby isn't reciprocating his feelings for you that you had maybe, for him? Maybe, but I know that if Bobby was actually here, that he is not the type I would go for, and hmm. he is immature, and he's not the guy that I would usually date. I just feel like in the moment, I did grow feelings for him, and I did like him as a person, and I was down to work things out, but now that I realize that I'm not with him, that I'm not talking to him, that... Maybe it was just all in the moment. Yeah, it's very it's very possible that could have been it. And yeah, when you are on an island and the only people, you know, you don't have your phone, you can't watch TV, you know, there's no outside yeah. stimulation. Yeah, you become yeah, he's the only person I had. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, well, you had Carlos too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but he was, you know, he was taken. I, um, I guess my question is, okay, since you did that video, why is it strained with Bobby now? What happened? Um, I I don't want to put Bobby on blast too much, but Bobby has made decisions that I do not agree with, and we have cut things off. I've blocked him on all social media. I don't want to see anything Bobby anymore, and I just don't want to affiliate myself with someone who makes decisions that I don't agree with. Is it show-related decisions, or is this stuff that's, since you got back and started talking, you've just heard some things or seen some things and just like i don't want to be with this guy unfortunately it is show related Mm. and it bothers me and people who i thought were my friends are not my friends and yeah oh okay (laughs) um well post show i know that you especially in your video one of the things that you had said was um on the show you did not vibe well at all with um oh god what's her name <laughs> who's the one that you w- weren't friends with on the show but are now caitlin Kate caitlin you did yes. not vibe with her at all on the show you yeah. didn't get along and now you guys are pretty close right yeah yeah we're still friends we talk every once in a while who and for all the cast is, is are we talking when you say like you know like you said you've blocked Bobby on everything is he the only one or are there others that are in this that you're not friends with? <laughs> yeah there's others that are blocked I don't affiliate myself with them um there's definitely others is okay but if I were to ask them would they be saying something about I mean I don't know who they are but if I were to ask them would they be saying 
oh yeah, well we don't talk to Tatum because she did this. No. Okay. No, you know why? Because these people want to be my friend. They want to be civil. They want to have a reunion and everything be good. But I'm not about being civil with everyone when people go behind my back and they do things that I don't agree with or that they know that, you know, I like Bobby and they go and do things that is just it's it's rude and disrespectful. So I don't know. I It okay. fires me up because. I thought these people were my friends and there's a group chat with everyone in it. And I just try not to affiliate myself with these people really anymore. Oh, so you're not even friends with anybody. I talk to Caitlin every once in a while. I talk to David every once in a while um, and Jair, but that's about it. And, and Tyler every once in a while too. But Caitlin, David, Jair and Tyler. Yes. Are um, David and Kendall still together? I don't know. I think that Kendall's just traveling and doing her own thing, and David's focusing on his own business right now. Hmm. So I don't think they're anything official, but they're still talking, I'm pretty sure. What about Tyler and his ex? ex. Or whatever, whatever her name was. Forget her. Tyler and his ex are so on and off, and that's what grow Tyler and I close together because I feel like I give him advice on his girlfriend. Um, I've been in relationships before, and so he always asked me, Hey, what should I do? Like this and that. So that's what makes Tyler and I kind of close. Okay. And I noticed that uh, Rosanna was not on that list. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're doing your research. <laughs> well, I'm just, li- I'm just looking at the name. I'm just like, okay, you didn't mention Brittany's name. Um, Brittany. <laughs> I th- and I thought, Brit- I thought you and Brittany were really close on the show. Um, yeah, I like Brittany. Brittany's a sweet girl. We're friends, but we don't talk every day. Okay. Um, Carlos, where are you at with him? I don't talk to Carlos at all. <laughs> okay. Is Carlos, um, with Caitlin? No, they don't talk at all either. Oh. God, there's so much good stuff here. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what happened. Like, I want to know who said what about who. This is great. This is yeah. such good tea. Um, Let's see who else. Okay, we've gone over that. Mari Elena, um, is she in the group chat at all? Anybody yeah, talk- they're all in the group chat. They all they all like each other, but I just so you've kind I'm of just, over it. You've kind of just removed yourself from the situation, and you're back I'm over to, it. You're, yeah, you're back to your life in um, you're in Phoenix, Scottsdale. right? Yes, or Scottsdale. Yes. Okay. It was a great experience. I gained social media followers out of it, but. <laughs> That's why we, yeah. that's why they all do it, right? I mean, it's basically what yeah. it comes down to. Um, so outside, so my final question would be: outside of winning the money, is yes. there one thing that you could change about your experience? What would it be? Something you regretted you did? Something you wish you would have changed? What's something that you absolutely say, looking back, I should have done this differently? You know, I actually don't regret a lot of things. I think that I did everything right. I know I was viewed as a snake or a villain because I schemed and I played the game. But, I mean, I did what I had to do, and I essentially won, and I got to the end. So I don't think that there's anything I would do differently just because, I mean, I got to the end. Yeah, I think I think with Bobby, <clears throat> and I hope he comes on. Um, we're supposed to record, but... 
I, I know it's it's all based on his schedule. I hope he comes on too, but you know he knows that he did me wrong and he doesn't want to talk about me, so that's his problem and not my fault. Yeah, when I when I had when I originally reached out to Bobby and I said, hey, you know, because I don't know, I didn't know Bobby until I sent my first email to him. I was just like, I had to, you know, <clears throat> kind of like my first email to you, just explaining what I wanted to talk about or whatever. I said, hey, you know, I want to talk about. Everything that went down in Paradise, you know, your relationship with Tatum, the loyalty test, everything, your decision to drop and all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, no, I'd love to do it. He goes, but I don't want to talk about Tatum very much. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I was like, OK, that's a weird response because, dude, she's the girl you got to the end with. She, you guys won yeah. the show. I can't do an interview with Bobby and not bring up Tatum. But and we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Does do this, <clears throat> if he does do this, I'm not going to be surprised if he's like. Tatum and I are civil. We just, you know, go on with our day. I, I wouldn't be surprised because that's just what he says all the time. Well, if he says that, I'm going to say, Bobby, that's not true because I talked to Tatum and she said you're not. So I'll have him. <clears throat> I'll call him out on it. Tell since... him that you see him blocked on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he, I mean, I, <clears throat> I emailed you guys both literally within two minutes of each other because I wanted the podcast to be together. Obviously, one of you I was going to interview first. Um, yeah. if, well, put it this way, if I found out, cause I didn't know, I didn't know until I emailed either of you, if I found out you guys were still together or dating, then I probably would have just done the interview like on a three-way call and just had you guys and just split questions that way. But when I realized, okay, they're obviously not even not together, but it doesn't seem like they're on good terms. I was like, okay, yeah. but, um, so you're who I'm interviewing first. If we get Bobby on and he's part two of the podcast for this week, then, people will hear whatever his answers may be. But yeah, if he says like, Oh no, we're cool. I mean, I don't know how he could say we're cool when he specifically told me, I don't want to talk about her very much. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, but maybe, but, but maybe he'll spill as to why since you won't. You oh, won't. he won't. He will not. <laughs> oh, but all I can yeah. say is it's him and it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, I mean, and that's the solid truth. I have tried to be on civil terms with Bobby. I, you wanted to see him. I want to talk to him, but it's him and it's not me. <laughs> okay. Um, fair enough. And, um, so basically your life in Scottsdale is, what do you do? What's, I know that, uh, your, your cryon said bottle service girl. Um, yeah. is that what you do or, or do they so make that I up? actually graduated from ASU. I have a broadcast journalism degree for right now. I am doing, I don't like when they call it bottle service service i just say i'm a cocktail waitress yeah um because i work in a fancy hotel the w hotel ah. so um i'm not you know in lingerie talking to all these guys getting money out of them they kind of portray that differently but yeah life in scottsdale has been good i've been getting recognized and people have been super super nice and it's been good what do you what do you have an ultimate thing like I, i'm assuming since you went on this and you talked about instagram followers followers do you want to do influencing stuff or do you want to do hosting stuff what do you what, what's your ultimate goal here um my, since my social media has blown up i do like to be active on it i want to be more active so people become influencers and you know i hear people talk a lot of not nice things about influencers because everyone wants to be an influencer apparently yeah. but i would definitely like to you know grow my social media more and more and produce good content and maybe make some more YouTube videos and I just want to, you know, dwell on this experience and take what I got from it. You know, now that I think about this, this just popped into my head. Somebody came to me, I think a couple of weeks ago or within the last week or when I mentioned about paradise hotel on my site, 
I think they they either knew you or still know you or knew you from your past. You were involved in the pageant world? Yes, I was. So that's the thing is I was competing for Miss Arizona for years. And the past three years, I got first runner up. And so everyone makes the joke that I got first runner up again during the show. So story of my life, I'm first runner up in everything. You got first runner up for Miss Arizona three years in a row? Three years in a row. Yep. Oh my God. That's <laughs> just brutal. Like, it's brutal. Yeah. What? <sighs> so, I mean, I know what it's like to almost get to the end. I'm standing there with a girl saying, Yeah, I'm going to be Miss Arizona. And <laughs> standing at the end thinking I'm going to split the money. I'm, you know, it's, it's a reoccurring image in my life. Man, that's, I mean, after you, after you do it once, you're just like, all right, well, let me try, you know, a second time. And then you finish, you finish second again. And you're like, uh, and then the, and then the third time I was like, okay, I'm, I really have it in the bag. I'm going to be Miss Arizona. And I was so, I was so dedicated to pageants. I never went to any frat parties in college. I never partied. I volunteered so much. And the third year, I was like, okay, I have it in the bag. And when I got first runner up again, I was over it and I was like moving on. And that's when Paradise Hotel came. And I was like, you know what? If I am on national TV hooking up with someone, I'm not affiliated with pageants anymore. So who cares? (laughs) (laughs) So, so when you finished second three years in a row, that was what, sophomore, junior, and senior year at ASU? Yes. Wow. Yep. Man, that's brutal. I had no idea. All I heard was you were pa- you were in the pageant world. I had no idea that you had finished second three years in a row. That's got to suck. Three years in a row, yeah. And are you friends with the women who won those three years? Do you keep in touch with them or no? I am not affiliated with anyone in the pageant industry anymore. Oh. <laughs> As you can tell, it's hard for me to keep friends. <laughs> why, uh, why do you think that is? I don't know. It's just people come and go out of my life so easily and I'm okay with that just because I want to focus on myself and I want to do my own things I don't need to dwell on other people or force other people to stay in my life and I'm okay with that yeah I guess the pageant world is very very competitive obviously it's very competitive I mean I competed against 60 girls every single pageant and I was right then and there thinking I was gonna win and spent tons of money on dresses and entry fees and everything but and I'm sure that, you know, in that world, there's a lot of gossiping and backstabbing and shit talking between people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, maybe that's why you're just like, all right, I'm over. I'm over that. I've, I've, I haven't won yeah. and I've come as close as you can come to winning three times in a row. I, I'm I'm out. I'm done. Exactly. That's okay. that's exactly what I think. And now this show, I'm first runner up again. That's fine. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> Gosh, I'm sorry. But anyway, um, Tatum, thank you very much for coming on and enlightening us on the tea going down in in post-Bachelor or post-Paradise Hotel land. Um, even though we didn't get details, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll just keep digging and find out what happened. Yeah, that- maybe you can dig, but I'm pretty sure that Bobby won't say anything because he knows he's in the wrong, but uh, okay. that's, I, I, that's I, the key. I, I even if he doesn't say anything, I he's I guarantee without even knowing he's going to say something negative about you, right? Like, I d- no, he has nothing negative to say about me. The kid has nothing negative to say about me at all besides that I kiss Carlos on TV. Cool. Yeah. 
say it, Bobby. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> all whatever I mean, you want because I did absolutely nothing wrong to him. Yeah, and that's and you know it's not something that we didn't see. I mean, we all saw it. Um, yeah. I just if he's already telling me in the very first email to him that he didn't want to talk about you, he's obviously got negative things to say about you. I'm just curious to what they are. I promise you he does not have negative things to say about me. Oh, okay. <laughs> if anything, it's me saying negative things about him, but I'm just, I don't want to throw him under the bus like that. Yeah. He just knows that he is in the wrong, which is why he does not want to talk about me or the situation. Cause he knows he's in the wrong. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, I am going to ask him basically, why did he choose to drop at 200? What, you know, the other thing is if he was, you, you know, you've said you weren't going to drop. And he has obviously he can't know what you're thinking, just like you didn't know what he was thinking when you guys were walking towards each other. I'm just going to ask him, why didn't you drop at 250? Like, why not get another 50 out of it? I don't know why he dropped well, it. He, too. He's, he's just going to blame it on the Carlos situation. He's going to be like, well, Tatum kissed Carlos, so I couldn't trust her. He's just going to blame it on that situation. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's what he's going to say. I couldn't trust her. And that and the reason I dropped was because she kissed Carlos. And then I'm going to ask him if she never has any sort of hook up with Carlos if she never has any sort of flirtation with Carlos does he drop and I'm just I'm and he's gonna to say his answer. I, I guarantee it he's gonna say that he would have held the ball but I promise you there's that side of him because I know him as a person that he would have still dropped it okay so you don't even if he says it you don't believe that answer yeah I mean he said it before that he would have held the ball but I'm sorry he said it before that he would have held the ball if I played everything right but Bobby was there for friends, opportunity, and money, and I still believe he would have dropped it. When when did he say that in a post show interview that he's done? Uh, yeah, I think I heard it on some TV station. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean it, it'll be interesting. I'm just curious. I mean, he, he dropped at 200. I'm just going to ask him why didn't he drop when you got to 250? Why not get an extra 50 out of it if he was pretty confident that you weren't going to drop? Apparently, he, he wanted could've... to drop it sooner. Oh, really? Yeah. Apparently, he wanted to drop it on uh, 125, hmm. but he just wasn't sure. And then when he knew that like I, I was holding my ball, he just held it. Hmm. Um, and he said he like didn't want to risk it or something. I don't know. You yeah. can ask him. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he does it. And hopefully before... Uh... Hopefully before this one goes up next Thursday. So, um, you know, because we're rec- we're recording this but for all those that are listening, we're re- actually recording this on Fourth of July. So we're re- recording it a a week in advance. Hopefully, I get Bobby in the next uh, few days. Hopefully, Monday or Tuesday, and we can have you both on, and we can you you'll hear Tatum first, and then you'll hear uh, Bobby's what what his say is, and all this uh, after that. So again, Tatum, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Sorry about the second place finish and whatnot, but. Um, <laughs> uh, it's okay. I, Hopefully, I get more opportunities. So yeah, we'll yeah. Good luck with anything that's come forward, uh, comes your way post show, and uh, we, uh, I'll, I'll be in touch with you. Okay. Thank you so much, Steve. You got it, Tatum. All right. Bye. bye. Thank you, Tatum Smith, for that. That was very interesting conversation with her. Uh, good to hear her perspective on things and how things went because I was curious, like. You know, someone takes $200,000 away from you, you're probably going to be pissed. And she was. And But then she got over it. Um, she was willing to put it behind her. Um, you'll hear what Bobby Ray says about that coming up in a second. But she was willing to put it behind her. And she was interested in dating him. Didn't work out. I still don't know if we know the real reason. 
even after you hear Bobby's answer at the end of this podcast. So thanks so much, though, to Tatum for coming on. Real cool girl. And um, she's been uh, a lot of fun to talk to since we recorded the interview. Um, and we discuss Love Island a lot. Let's put it that way. Um, anyway, um, next up, Bobby Ray. You'll hear his responses to a lot of what Tatum said because since I recorded him after her, I was able to tell him, hey, this is what Tatum said. This is what she thinks went down. What's your opinion? And uh, Bobby Ray gets into a lot of stuff. So here's the winner of Paradise Hotel 2019, Bobby Ray. All right, now let's bring in the other side here. Uh, he was the winner of Paradise Hotel this season, getting to the finals with uh, his partner Tatum before taking uh, $200,000 to himself. It is Bobby Ray. Bobby, thanks for coming on. Hey, Steve. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. You got it. Um, let's start at the beginning on this show because it hasn't been on since 2003. So when you were going in for casting and you were approached about doing this, were you aware of this show from back in the day? Did you go back and watch old episodes or how did you kind of take it going in? You know, Steve, I, if I had to guess, I probably went in with the most limited knowledge about the show of any of the cast members. I mean, I got contacted on a Friday evening and I was asked if I could fly into LA that next day, that Saturday to, you know, to come and audition for the show. I, I didn't even know what the show's name was at that point. So I knew essentially nothing about it. I, you know, I got brought up to speed, you know, in about a 30 minute conversation with one of the producers of what the show was and kind of the general gist of it. So I kind of went in blind, but I was in a position where, um, if something came, you know, an opportunity presented itself, I was going to take advantage of it. So I didn't really care what the show was. I kind of knew it was a dating show and that's about all I knew. And I was like, let's go, let's go kill the audition and, and, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. So that, that was kind of the way it went for me. I'm sure some of the um, cast members probably, you know, auditioned for the show more formally, you know, where they found out about it, and you know, put in an application. All that. For me, it was a little bit different. And obviously it worked out beautifully, so I'm glad things went the way they did. When you say you got contacted on that Friday evening, was that the first contact about this show from anybody? And they literally flew for, you out the next day? For for me, yes. But wow. I will say that so uh four nine five productions is is the production company in charge of the show and in charge of the production. And I knew a few of the people that were involved oh. um with another project and four nine five was involved with another project that I was kind of tentatively tentatively involved with that eventually got put on hold. Um, hopefully that gets, you know, brought back to the table at some point. I'd love to be involved with that project. I can't really say what it, what it was, but anyway, so four nine five production, they knew who I was and I, I had been, you know, I had um, been involved with auditions before. So they knew who I was and they contacted me um, when they knew that they were going to need a couple more cast members. And, you know, I obviously jumped at the opportunity. So going into it, like you said, you probably knew the least out of any of the cast members. Did you have any sort of strategy or you were like, I still don't really know what the format is. So it's kind of hard to form any strategy here. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you know, so they would ask you, you know, what's your strategy going into this? And I would just, I would just laugh and say, I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming obviously it's about making connections. So I'm going to try not to cross people. I'm going to try to be the good guy. Um, but that was about the extent of the strategy I gave because I didn't really know the rules. And it's funny, and I've said this before, I, I still don't really know what the rules were. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody knows <laughs> no, what the there, rules were. Because there kind weren't of, any. 
<laughs> exactly. So it was so essentially, yeah, my strategy was, hey, I'm going to try not to cross anybody. I'm going to try to be on good terms with as many hotel guests as I possibly can. And that was my strategy going into it. Just because, I mean, shows like that, it's hard enough to stay on the show when things are going well. But if, if people want you gone and actually like, you know, dislike you, you're already getting, you're going to have even more problems staying on the show. You know, if people have ulterior motives to kick you off rather than for me, nobody ever was intentionally trying to get rid of me. You know, it was just kind of the only reason they would want me gone is just because it brings them one step closer to winning the show. Yeah. Whereas there were some people on the show that like, for example, Hans kind of got a bad rap for a little bit. People wanted, people wanted him gone. What happened? He's gone. Um, Nicole jet life. People wanted her gone because of the way she was acting. Well, she's gone. So if you didn't cross people and you didn't give people reason to dislike you, I felt like that was an advantage obviously. And in the end, that was the exact reason that Tatum and I won. And then I, obviously that I dropped the ball at the end it was the fact that people respected me and, and respect the way I played the game where I didn't really cross anybody and didn't really go behind anybody's back. So yeah. my strategy obviously paid off, but in terms of having a very specific strategy of how to go about things, I didn't really have one. It was just go into this thing, trying to make friends and, enjoy the experience and, and try not to be, you know, an asshole essentially. Before the show, did they ever lay out to you guys as contestants, there's going to be a live aspect of it or not until that first live vote in, did you realize that was a thing? We were told that there's going to be live components okay. um, once a week. And that was, the, that was, you know, the gist of it. And it was kind of cool. Cause once we found, once we found out that there were going to be live components to the show, it was cool because we knew that like our friends and family back home watching, were going to watch us in the moment. So obviously there's a lot of shows where you go do all the filming and then you're finished with the filming and you come back and it may not air for a couple months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this was obviously cool. Once we found out there was going to be live components, we knew that we were going to be there filming as it was going on. And that, and that was kind of cool because we knew when we came back home, everybody was going to you know, know, know who we were. And um, it was just kind of, it's kind of good news, obviously, finding out there's going to be live stuff because having to come back home and keep quiet for a couple months after filming was over, I, I think that I would have struggled with that personally. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to keep your mouth shut. Well, I think, and I asked Tatum this, so I'm, <clears throat> I'm assuming you're going to give me the same answer because it seems to be the universal answer of what was going on there about, you know, this show was supposed to air Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, it started airing on a Thursday night. Then you guys did Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then on that fourth episode, Fox basically said, we're going down to one day a week, two-hour show, no more live elements. You weren't told that when you were out there, were you, that this was no longer going to be a three-night-a-week show? That's correct. I mean, the only thing we really heard about the show in terms of its success and how it was doing, you know, here in the United States, the only thing we heard was that we were trending on Twitter after the first night. And obviously that that's a good sign. And from then we just figured everything was going smoothly and we didn't really think much about it. We were just living our lives. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when there was five couples left, we heard, all right, you guys have a week left of filming. And I'm just looking around and we're all looking at each other and we're like, wait, we're going to go from five couples down to one winner in a week. You know, and, and then it was like, that was kind of like, uh, it was alarming. It's like, wait, what happened exactly? But we didn't really think about it. We didn't think that we were canceled or anything like that. 
Um, we didn't really find that out until we got back home. So yeah. it is what it is. You know, things happen. But it was interesting because we had lost, you know, a grand total of maybe, what, six people in three weeks of filming. And then all of a sudden we find out we're going to lose four, <clears throat> sorry, four couples in a matter of a week. I mean, it was like, whoa, how is this going to happen? How are, how are we going to go from five couples down to one? in a week. I mean, it just didn't make sense to us. And then obviously, you know, if you watch the finale, you find out how they went about doing that. Um, so, you know, there's pros and cons to it. I think the pro is that finale was phenomenal. Um, there's a lot that happened in a finale. I mean, in terms of a two hour finale, I, I don't recall seeing a reality TV show with a more, you know, action packed finale. I mean, the, you know, obviously there's a lot of things going on there and like a cool finish, obviously, which I'm sure we'll get to. And so from that standpoint, you know, it's not all bad that we got canceled. It had one of the better finales that I can remember in reality TV history. And obviously I'm biased there, but still, yeah, um, no, I mean, you know, there's good things. I, I think when I'm watching it and like I said, like I told you when I first contacted you, I told you I didn't watch the finale until last week. So it had been about three weeks since the show had, you know, their finale aired on June 6th. I didn't watch it till last week and it had been in my DVR. I had known what the outcome was. Someone had emailed me and said, Oh, Hey, cause they knew I was out of town. They said, Hey, by the way, Bobby and Tatum ended up winning and Bobby took the money. Um, I think they actually told me, I think they actually told me in the email 250,000. So the whole time I'm watching the finale, I'm thinking you're going to drop it 250, and this person ended up being, wrong about the money amount but um yeah i mean were you surprised were you surprised that i'd like to ask you a question so were you surprised to find out what the result was because you you hadn't watched the finale so obviously when you heard i won was that a surprise you i think certain people were surprised that i somehow pulled it off based on the way things went for me in the first couple episodes where i was kind of always as i like to put on the hot seat there yeah for a little while um, you know, were you surprised? I had watched because I had watched everything up to the finale, so I knew, you know, the couples at that time. Between you know, I didn't think. I knew Carlos was never going to win. He was just too schemey. He played too much. This wasn't Survivor. If it was Survivor, maybe he would have had a better chance to win. But this exactly. was more about um, relationships with other people and not. And he just did too much scheming. So I knew whatever couple he was with at the end, which ended up being him and Caitlin. I knew he wasn't going to win. I didn't see Jair and Jamie winning just because of the whole, um, they were just too new. Um, yeah. And then, and then, so I guess if, when I heard it, I, I really thought if you would have asked me before the finale, I guess I thought David and Kendall would have won. So I guess I was a little bit surprised, but I'm not terribly surprised that you and that would have been so anticlimactic if David and Kendall won. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like there's no story there. There's no plot twist. It's like David and Kendall deserve to win, in yeah. my opinion. And I and I still say that. I mean, if the objective is to, quote unquote, fall in love or to make you know connections with people, David and Kendall had arguably the strongest connection of any couple, you know, yeah. in the hotel. So if that was the objective, then they achieved that objective more so than any other remaining couple. Having said that, you know, if, if they just kind of waltz through the thing and win in dominating fashion and hold on to the balls and everyone's, you know, hugs and says, oh, that was sweet. Like, is that the best TV that no. we can think of? No. In terms of entertainment value, no. Like, in terms of entertainment value, what happened, what, what actually occurred, that's, that's got to be right up there with the best possible 
you know, outcome and yeah. series of events in terms of watching and enjoying what you're watching. So, and obviously again, I'm biased because I actually won and, you know, I got some money in my pocket now, so I'm not going to complain about that, but I can honestly say that David and Kendall probably deserved to win the show in terms of what was slated as the objective going into it. For sure. And their job is to make good TV. And I think now um, seeing how the finale played out, you're right. It was uh, action packed for two hours and, you know, with the twist at the end, there, there are a couple things I had an issue with, with the show. And that was all season. Not, not that the show was going to be filled with a bunch of challenges, but to only have one all season, it just did. It almost didn't fit. It's either like do a show with no challenges whatsoever, or do a show with challenges. But just to throw kind of one random one in there with you know the icicle or the you know the whatever you want to call the it, ice, the popsicle melting. The popsicle challenge. melting. Yeah, yeah, it was just so it was just so out of left field because they hadn't done one up to that point that got anybody eliminated yet. That was what determined an elimination. I don't know. It, well, I don't have the me. inside information there, Steve. I don't have the inside information, but you have yeah. to think that that's a direct correlation with the fact that the show is canceled. It's, it's so possible, let's, yeah. So, let, so let's say there was another five or six episodes um, on top of what actually aired. Well, that would have given them time to you know, go from five couples down to one with a few challenges as you know the cause for elimination rather than just willy-nilly voting people out, Yeah, which is what they did. I mean, you got to remember – Brittany and um, Tyler went home because Jared just got to vote whoever he wanted out. Yeah. Jared was yeah. in there and he got eliminated and they just said, okay, you get to eliminate someone. There's no way they would have done that if they had the full slated uh, number of episodes. That's, that's what I believe. I yeah. think that they were going to start, I think they were going to start to do challenges down the, down the stretch. Um, and then obviously they just didn't, you know, didn't have the opportunity to do that. So it is what it is. Yeah, you know, you make a good point. It's probably where they were headed. It's just that I guess because of the schedule being truncated the way it was. Yeah, it's why. The but it was out of nowhere. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. There's no doubt. It's like, well, here's a challenge, the yeah. one and only. And that and that know, challenge so. is really no different than the whole Jared thing coming out of nowhere. Like, oh, Jared. Oh, by the way, you get to eliminate a couple. Like, that's a kind of a big deal. Couples are all. It's out, definitely a big deal for money yeah. and giving it to that guy who it's like, okay, we barely know him. He hasn't hooked up with anybody. Right. It's like gave a lot of power to a guy that was pretty insignificant on the season. Just kind of, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, so I want to talk a, a couple things. Um, when you guys were in and out there filming, and obviously there's tons of downtime, and your your guys are all talking to each other and whatnot. Did you all discuss in the house what twists you thought might be coming on the show that season? Or did you just kind of like, look, it's no point in guessing. We're never going to know. Or were anything sort of tip-offs to maybe you saw some things happening? Oh, my God. That's all we did all day, every day, was explore possible, you know, twists and turns they'd throw at us. That's all we did. Because okay. you remember, I mean, we, you know, we, we didn't have TV. We didn't have phones. So we got to talk to each other. And yeah, we would go in the pool and we'd chill in the hammocks and, you know, do all this kind of random stuff. But for the most part, we were talking. And a lot of the times we were just talking about nonsense, talking about fun stuff, having a good time. But sometimes we would talk about, hey, what do you think they're going to do moving forward? What, you know, what are we going to do to cover our ass? And Rosanna, Tatum, Tyler and I would always spend time talking about 
what can we do to cover our ass in case of this or that? For example, what if they throw a checkout ceremony our way and they make a rule where you can't room with your existing roommate? And obviously in that scenario, we said, okay, Tyler will go with Tatum and I'll go with Rosanna. So stuff like that. So yeah, we were always kind of going through options of things they could throw at us. And you never know, but it was, it was, everybody was trying to cover their ass in case this or this happened. So it was definitely something that we had time to think about and try to prepare for. And of course, an example of that, where an example of a situation where they threw a twist at us that we were not ready for was the Jair situation. You know, Jair comes in, Tatum says, Hey, I can get Jair to, you know, catch real feelings for me and feel comfortable in, in standing behind me. And then I'll send him home. And the whole time that, you know, idea was thrown up in the air. I was against it. I was very against it because obviously I was the one that was going to, you know, get shafted if things went wrong because right. Cause that week, that checkout ceremony, the girls were the ones sitting down. So the girls were safe. Yeah. So, so it's easier for Tatum to say, Oh, this will be a good, a good strategy to get rid of Jair because she's not going anywhere. For me, it's like, great. Now the girl that I'm with is going to pretend she likes another guy. Who knows if they actually do catch real feelings. You, you know, I was in a weird position there. And that's why I was so strongly against it. And that obviously went against my strategy where you don't need to cross people on that show. It isn't Survivor. All you got to do is be in a strong connection. Stay, stay in a couple and you're good. You didn't need to go out and you know, plot against people. I, I don't understand why so many people tried to do that because that wasn't really the game. The game was just stay in your connection. Um, of course, now you say that and then David and Kendall, that's exactly what they did and they still had to go home. So who knows? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? So there's no right or wrong way to do it, I guess. Um, but it was just like, anyway, so Tatum had this plan to, you know, get Jair to go stand behind her. And of course, then they give Jair immunity. And at that point in time, I thought I was going to go home because Jair at that time thought Tatum was feeling him. And, you know, I'm like, great, well, I might as well pack my bags now because the guy who's got immunity and can pick anybody who wants is going to pick the girl that I'm rooming with. So I don't know. There was definitely some twists and turns. We were always preparing for it. And um, it was fun. It was, it was a fun thing to do. And I'm, it was obvious. I said it a number of times. It was the best experience of my life. So I'm glad I went and did it. Well, I was going to ask you about the whole Jair situation because I brought it up uh, with Tatum as well. But uh, I mean, you made your feelings known that you were you were not into it, and um, I, I think you know, like you said, the the twist gets thrown that they automatically give Jair immunity. And yeah, you were you were in a situation at that point where, of course, you weren't into it because it gave Tatum all the power. You had to put all your trust into her that you were going to stick to your word, that she was going to stick to her word, and if you both stood behind her that she was going to pick you, which didn't even end up happening because they gave Jair immunity. Exactly. It was a risk reward type of a deal, right? So in that situation, if Tatum wants to play Jair, the risk for me is that I go home. So the biggest risk of all that you can take in a, in a show like that, obviously the worst possible thing that could happen is you go home. And that was the risk for me. And the reward for me was essentially nothing. Right. I mean, okay, great. So Jair goes home. Well, someone, someone has to go home anyway. Yeah. So for me, it was like no reward for a huge risk. And, you know, I was the only one that was going to be in jeopardy from that, you know, that whole plan. And I was outvoted three to one. Tyler 
Rosanna and Tatum all wanted to go through with it because they felt like Jair was a threat and they sound, they, you know, they felt like it was a great idea. And then I'm sitting there in the hammocks, like, I don't like it, you know, but I'm not voted. So do what you got to do, I guess, you know, but anyway, it, it's, it's all part of the, you know, people kind of get caught up in the game, yeah. you know, and, and I can definitely see how that happens and I don't blame people for doing it. I just felt like it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I felt like it was such a simple equation to having success in the hotel. And that was have a connection and stay in a couple. That's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And the more, the more you go behind people's backs, the more you try to play the game, the more you, if you're Tatum, go kiss Carlos behind my back. The, the more you do things like that, you're just going to jeopardize your position in the hotel. And I just didn't see a reason to do that, which is why I just, every day I woke up, ate breakfast, had fun with, you know, all the guys and talked to the, talk to the girls and, you know, hung out with Tatum as much as I, you know, as much as I could realistically, because, you know, that wasn't like a real relationship, obviously, but I definitely wanted to pay her attention and make sure she felt like I, you know, was in it. Um, but other than that, though, I just felt like it was just a simple equation of having success, just staying a couple, you're good to go. And certain people felt like they needed to do more than that. And like, for example, Carlos, I, I feel like, he did all the things he did because he never really truly felt a real connection. So he felt like he needed to kind of mix things up and go a different route if he wanted to make it to the end. And obviously it worked for him. He got to the finale, you know, he got to the final two couples. So um, from that standpoint, I guess you can't really argue with it, but you know, in the end it obviously, you know, was his demise was all the backstabbing he went and did, but you know, no, no fault there. I have absolutely no problem with any of the people on the show, including Carlos. I mean, I've told him a number of times I respect the way he played the game. And it's, you forget sometimes he's a 22 year old kid. I mean, um, Carlos he carried is, himself Carlos pretty is well. 22? Jeez. Exactly. I know, right? I know. Um, oh, and every time I tell people that, it's because, you know, he kind of carried himself like he was, you know, 27, 28. I mean, like, shit. He was, yeah. there was times where you thought maybe he was the oldest guy there with some of the ways that he was conducting himself. And then obviously um, it didn't work out for him in the end, but yeah, I mean, you can't fault somebody for going and trying to do everything they can to win, you know, and that was what he felt was his best strategy. So, you know, good for him. So I want to talk about the Carlos situation. And um, obviously I recorded the podcast with Tatum before you. So I will tell you what she said about it and then we'll get your thoughts on it because I honestly didn't understand it. And what I said to her was, you're teamed with Bobby. You're seemingly a solid team at that point. Carlos tells you he likes you, and then you make out with him on at least two different occasions that we, the audience, saw. We don't know how many more there were, if there were others. So my question was to her, that move would have made sense if she was planning on dumping you for Carlos at some point, but it doesn't seem like that was her plan. So when I asked her, what was your whole plan in doing all that, and she told me, the reason she did it was because she was plotting against Carlos and she was eventually going to vote him out or she was, that was her plan as to why she did it. How do you see the whole thing? Well, obviously I can't get inside Tatum's head, but I, I would say that I, I believe her if, if that's what she says. If she, yeah. if she, if she claims and she kind of said something similar to me where she was trying to get Carlos to feel comfortable with her, and she had hoped that he would come stand behind her where she could, you know, get rid of him yeah. and, and choose me instead. 
But I also have heard the complete opposite where she was wanting him to come stand behind her so that she could send me home. So who knows um, if, if Tatum claims, you know, after the fact that she was just trying to get, you know, Carlos kicked out of the hotel, then, you know, I believe her. Um, having said that, again, she didn't need to do that. Let things happen. If you are in a, your own couple and you're doing things, if you're taking care of yourself, that's all you can worry about. Um, let other people screw things up. Let other people fight for their lives because it's simple. Like, again, it's simple. If you go in every checkout ceremony and you're confident with the person that you're rooming with, that's it. You're good. So it was just interesting to me all the times people went and, you know, tried to strategize their way around the hotel and all. It, it was just a simple, it was just a simple task at hand. Just stick with the couple. And that's why I, I started out in the hotel with Brittany and I told Brittany, you know, Hey, you know, there may not be a romantic connection here, but I swear to you, we will, you know, I will have your back for the next two weeks, the next two checkout ceremonies. And that'll give us an opportunity to, you know, get an idea of what this show is all about, to be able to meet more people. And then from then on, if you feel like you have a better connection with somebody else, then, you know, you get to pursue that. But at least we're here for a couple of weeks. And then she immediately the next day went off with Hans because she, you know, she felt a real connection with him. And that's fine. But I'm just sitting there shaking my head. It's like, you know, you really think you're going to find true love with this guy on a reality TV show. And I'm not saying it never happens, but like seriously, day two, you go and ditch me when we had this nice pack and everything was going to work out beautifully. And I think she, to this day, she regrets doing that because things might've worked out differently and she stayed with me, but yeah. I don't know. You know, it, there's people that they were there for love. There's people there for money. There's people, you know, I don't know. For me, I was there for the experience. Obviously, I wanted to win, but I never thought about winning. Really, the entire time I was there, winning was not what I was thinking about. It was just simply make it through the next checkout ceremony. And um, for me, it was just, you know, befriend people, you know, give people advice when they ask for it. And I feel like I was kind of a big brother figure to a few of the you know, people there, I know David looked at me kind of like a big brother. David was only 21. There's another one that's like, you know, he looked like he was 30 when I met him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so everybody had their own little strategy. Everybody had their own little way about going about things. And and I'm not going to say I was better at the game than everybody else just because I happened to win. I mean, I caught some good breaks, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like I outcompeted everybody and was, you know, leaps and bounds better than everybody at Paradise Hotel. It's like, it's a, there's not really a way to be better at Paradise Hotel. You just have to catch some breaks and stay in a couple and, you know, see what happens from there. So, yeah, and I think it was definitely an interesting experience. I think Tatum, um, one of the reasons that she did say that she went over to the Carlos side and made out with him a couple times was her reasoning was also that, look, I was also not happy with how things were going with Bobby. I didn't like how he treated me in the popsicle challenge and he was just kind of not being as affectionate as I wanted him to be. So yeah, there was a part of me that was a little upset at that aspect of it. So on that, on that, on that front, what's your response to that? Look, I, I, I will agree that I was not the most attentive partner you know um i wasn't showing tatum the affection that she wanted and i I don't think you can necessarily fault me in that because i was just being an honest person and if i had felt more strongly about her then i would have just naturally shown more affection and spent more time with her 
I liked Tatum. I did feel a connection with her, but I was not head over heels in love with her or anything like that. So it would have been an act if I had decided to, you know, throw myself at her and, you know, spend every waking hour with her. It would have been an act. It wouldn't have been the truth. Um, it would not have been a true expression of my feelings. And that's why I spent so much time with, you know, various people in the hotel. It wasn't just Tatum. For me, it was about, you know, all the connections in the hotel, not just one. Yeah. And obviously, I paid off in the end. But look, I mean, the bottom line is even if Tatum felt like I wasn't showing her enough attention, I've made it very clear that all she had to do was keep her hands, you know, to herself or, you know, just between us for just one more week. Right. So she went and kissed Carlos a couple times, which in the grand scheme of like the real world, that's not really that big of a deal. Tatum and I weren't dating. Tatum was my girlfriend. We weren't exclusive. She has every right to go kiss whoever she wants, technically. But in that arena, in Paradise Hotel, where everybody knows what you do, everybody sees and hears everything that happens, to me, it was just obviously a very questionable decision she made. And like I told her, and I actually sat Tatum and Carlos down at the same time. It was in my room when I, after I heard about this. I said, I'm not mad at you guys, but I'm a little disappointed. Like, I was like a dad. Like, it's like, you guys are idiots, you know, because all you had to do was keep your hands to yourselves and stay in your couple. And then now this wouldn't be a problem. But I said, now both of you guys look bad. And I was like, look, I know you guys aren't bad people. You're not bad people, but you look like bad people now because you went and did this, you know? Yeah. And at that point in time, it, it, it did hurt me a little bit because Tyler, you know, who was my best buddy in the hotel had just left. Um, he had just gotten kicked out by Jared. And then that same night I find out what happened between Carlos and Tatum and, I was a little hurt by it because Tatum is supposed to be the one person in the hotel that I could trust. And I find out that it's the complete opposite. And I, I felt very lonely at that time because I didn't feel like I could really trust anybody in the hotel at that moment. Um, and that was a tough, that was a tough night for me. Cause I was like, man, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. I don't know where I stand, but you know, again, they're not bad people. It was just a questionable, you know, questionable decision that they made. Apparently they were both trying to strategize and get, you know, each other out. That's kind of the word on the street after the fact, but you know, who knows if that's really the case, you know, it could have been that they were actually did have feelings for each other and they just never really had an opportunity to pursue it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but again, all you had to do is keep your hands to yourself for another week and then, you know, go when you get back home and you get out of the show when filming's over, go crazy, do what you want to do. Um, you know, but in that arena, you know that everybody's going to find out about it. So I was a little bit shocked that, you know, they just didn't have the self-control that they needed, to be honest with you. Because if, if Carlos didn't do that, if Tatum didn't do that, it may have been a completely different result. But who knows? Well, I, you obviously got over it and you said, like, you you know, you sat them down and you're like, it just was stupid. I don't hate you guys, but, you know, what are you doing? It's, it's just dumb gameplay. How did Caitlin take it at that point? Because she was coupled up with Carlos, but I'm, I'm forgetting why her reaction – I don't remember. Were we shown it very much about her finding out? No. I mean, she knew about it, but <sighs> to be honest with you, Steve, I think, I think Caitlin was more upset with the fact that Tatum hadn't told me yet. Yeah, and that's right. I think that she was starting to get fed up with it. And she's like, all right, enough, I'm done. It's time for you to come out clean and, and tell Bobby what happened. And, and, you know, Caitlin's a sweet girl. I really like Caitlin a lot. And it was funny because we were joking around about, you know, even on the show, like, Hey, you know, Kayla and I would pull each other aside, you know, down the stretch after all that jury stuff and say, Hey, 
we should be the ones in the, you know, in a couple right now. And we, you know, walk away, you know, into the sunset holding 125 K a piece because obviously we would have won in landslide fashion if Caitlin and I were the final couple there. And obviously that wasn't within the rules, but it was just, it was funny because Caitlin and I were in the exact same boat. We had partners that, you know, had gone behind our backs. And um, when that jury came out and everybody was peppering, you know, everybody with questions and everything like that, it was just, it was all directed toward Carlos and Tatum while Caitlin and I just stood there and watched it. And, you know, and that's when I made a statement in the finale. I said, look, I get it. You know, our partners have done some things, some questionable things, but you can't punish Caitlin and I for that. You have to make a decision based on who you want to win. And that was kind of my little pitch I gave. So again, it's, no one's a bad person there. Everybody, and in fact, it's the exact opposite. Everybody on that show, I, I really like. Um, and I think they're all outstanding people. But in that show, in that you know, in that little arena that you're in with a hundred something cameras around, you, you just got to be smart in that. Every decision you make, you you need to know might have consequences. And I think certain people forgot about that for a little while. So. It is what it is, you know, it cost certain people and it worked out for my, you know, in, in my favor. So, so be it. So when you guys get to the finals, it's you and Tatum against uh, Carlos and Caitlin going into that final, knowing who was voting and knowing they just had to go stand behind the couple they wanted to win. When you were doing the math in your head, did you think that you and Tatum were going to win? Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I thought we had about a 95% chance of winning. Okay. Um, I, I went through my head, and, and that was me being, you know, very objective and unbiased about it. I, I just went through my head, all the 12 jurors, and to be honest with you, I every single time I did it, I had at least six people that I considered to be locks coming our way. And that would, at worst, be a tie, yeah. and then all we would need is one of those swing boats to come over. I mean – so, I mean, I knew David and Kendall were coming our way. Um, I knew Mary Elena was coming our way because she couldn't stand Carlos. So that's three. <laughs> I knew Rose, I knew, I knew Rosanna was coming our way as close as she was to Tatum and I. That's four. Tyler was a no doubter. That's yeah. five. And I actually put Hans as a no doubter as well. And that was six. Now, at the end, he obviously took a couple steps toward Carlos and Caitlin. And then he turned around and came our way and everybody went crazy. And those, you know, that's just, TV. Nobody can. That was yeah, TV. exactly. No, Hans has a knack for the dramatic, and you know that's why you can see my face after he started walking the other way, and I was just in complete shock. I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, so those were the six locks that I had, quote unquote. And then there were some swing votes like Brittany and Jared that I just thought, "Oh, those could get, go either way, and all we need is one of them." And we obviously got both of those, and you know the final tally was eight to four. But I was pretty comfortable going going into it just because of the relationships that I had with all those people, you know? So, um, I'm very happy that things went the way they did. And, um, it, again, I, I think I made a tweet that said, you know, some people focused on one connection and I focused on 17 or something like that. It was all 17 people that stepped foot in the hotel. I tried to try to get close to and try to have a, you know, a solid relationship with them because you never know. I mean, it was about connections and, and to be honest with you, as much free time as we had, it, there's so much free time where you need to go and befriend everybody or you're going to go crazy. You know, you can't just stick to one person. You can't have enemies in the hotel or I feel like you're going to it's going to be a nightmare. You know, it, it was it was a hard enough environment to be in 
um, in terms of the stress that, you know, you had to go through even with all the friends I had. So I can't imagine going through all that, um, being disliked by the other hotel guests. So again, that was my strategy going into it. And that's why when I knew, when I heard that a jury is going to come decide a jury of our, you know, past hotel guests are going to come decide who the winner is going to be. Again, I was about 95% confident that Tam and I were going to, we're going to win the damn thing. So I was, I was very comfortable going into it. Yeah. She didn't break it down like you did, but she said that she was confident that you guys were going to win as well. She just said, I thought the numbers were on our side. It looked like we had more people. And she also thought that the Carlos scheming and the way Carlos played the game wasn't going to resonate with a lot of the jury. They were just going to go for, they, they saw what she did, but they thought she thought they would think what Carlos did was worse than what she did. And she definitely thought that you guys were going to win. Now, was there any point where you guys, obviously the, the, um, the loyalty test, which was after you got in Tatum were named the winner, Kristen, drops the bomb that you are now going to be um, put through a loyalty test where, you know, we talked about it with Tatum and everyone saw it. The walk where you take a step and you have a ball in your hand and you can drop at any point. If you drop it, you win that money. The other person gets nothing. If you both make it to the end and neither of you drop, then you split the 250. Um, Tatum said there wasn't a lot of time from the time that was announced to the time you started the walk. You and her were not allowed to speak to each other. So when that is when that bomb is dropped on you and you're thinking about going forward what you were going to do um was your from the second that Kristen announced this was going to be the ending of the show did you know you were always going to drop or did you not make up your mind till the walk Well yeah I mean obviously like Tatum said we didn't really have a whole lot of time we did not have an opportunity to talk to each other uh, I was able to go back to my room for about 20 minutes or so and mull it over. When I first when I first heard the rules and heard what the game was, I was definitely conflicted. Um, I would have had no problem splitting the 250. But as I thought more and more about it, I just thought I, I just can't take that risk. You know, um, Tatum was a person that had gone behind my back a couple times. I did not have 100% trust in her. So it would have been foolish of me to assume that she would have hold, held on to the ball the whole time. She claims that she would have, and I'm not saying that she wouldn't have, but it's obviously convenient for her to say now that she would have held on to the thing the whole time. I mean, we can't get inside her head, so she might as well say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, now that I dropped the ball, it would have been stupid for her to say, yeah, I would have dropped it too. So, of course, she's going to say she's going to hold on to the thing the whole time. Again, I'm not saying she's lying. She may, may – she very well may have held on to the ball the entire time and been willing to split the 250. But I, I didn't know that. And to this day, I can't know for sure if she had done that, if she would have done that. So I had to do what was best for me. And what was best for me was um, to take it into my own hands and at the 200,000, drop the ball. Um, and the reason I didn't wait to the 250,000 box was because at that point, it could have been a race. And if Tatum decided she wanted it to drop it at the 250, when um, when Kristen said go, then it would have been a real shame if I had lost out on all that money just because I got beat to the punch, you know, at the 250. So that's the reason I dropped at the 200 was just to kind of cover my ass and, and try not to get greedy. Okay, see, that's that was going to be my question is you, you waited all the way to 200 to drop at 200. 
you know, you're winking at her, you're smiling at her the whole time, which is obviously <laughs> gameplay on your part because you were doing that, obviously, I'm assuming, to make her feel safe. Like, hey, I'm not going to drop because you couldn't speak to her and say, like, I promise exactly. I'm not going to drop. So you were just, you know, giving her assurances. She, exactly. she obviously didn't drop up until 200. It didn't look like she was going to drop at 200 either. So there's really only one other place she could have dropped, which would have been 250. And that was my question to you. It's like, well, if you were going to drop and you and you had made up your mind at some point during that walk, I'm going to drop. Why not just drop at 250 and get an extra 50 grand out of it? But you're just saying that you still thought that there was a chance that she could have dropped it. Right. I mean, so what you didn't see was when Kristen started the time, the 60 seconds Mm -hmm. each time she would say, "Okay, your 60 seconds starts now. And when you watch the show, it makes it look like I waited a few seconds. Hell no. When I stepped up to the 200,000 and Kristen goes, your 60 seconds starts now. I meet right when she said now, I fucking threw that ball down because yeah. I because you know, I didn't want to risk it. So essentially, if you're going to if you're going to drop the ball at any numeric value, you're going to do it immediately. because It doesn't make any sense to hold on to it for a little bit and wait it out and then drop it. Yeah. You know, because if you're, it just doesn't make any sense. If you're going to drop it, drop it immediately at that, you know, at that value. Um, so, yeah, I did it at the 200,000 because if I waited to the 250, I felt that there was still a chance that Tatum was just waiting to the 250 and was going to drop to the 250. And if she had decided right when Kristen said your 60 seconds starts now and, and Tatum beat me to the punch, just even if it was by a fraction of a second, whoever's ball hit the ground first is the winner. Um, I would have had a hard time living with that, knowing that the smart thing to do is to just, you know, 200 grand is not a, you know, not a shabby number. So I wanted to be smart about it. Um, there was definitely a lot of thought that went into that. Um, and it wasn't just like I was scared and just said, okay, I, I'm going to drop it now. It's like, no, I'm going to do this to cover my ass in case she decides to drop it at the 250. Um, and it's a race to the finish. So that was all strategy. Obviously it was all what I thought was best for me. And, um, I, 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 you know, I felt bad about it and I had a reputation in a hotel where I was kind of a good guy, didn't cross anybody. And then all of a sudden I make this move at the end where I take all the money and it wasn't a greed thing. It wasn't because I wanted more money. It was because I wanted any money at all. I mean, I, I, you know what I mean? Like I thought, it was more so like, I don't want to get nothing. Um, if I had a guarantee, if I had known 100% that Tatum had held the ball the entire time, I would have been okay splitting the 250000 I really would have. Okay. Um, but I didn't know that. I didn't know, you know, I mean, and neither did she. And that's, that's the other thing that went into my mindset is Tatum prop. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot of different angles you can look at this, but Tatum, if, if you're looking at it from Tatum's standpoint, She's thinking, okay, is Bobby going to hold on to the ball? And she probably started thinking to herself, well, he knows that I've crossed him a couple times. He knows that maybe I'm not the most trustworthy. So he probably will drop the ball. In which case, Tatum would then think, well, now I know that if Bobby's going to drop the ball, I need to drop the ball. So you know what I'm saying? Like there's all these things that go into it. And and who's to say she's not going to drop the ball at the 150 or the 200 or the 250? I mean – there's no guarantees. So I had to do what's best for me. If she hadn't done anything to cross me earlier in the competition, um, I would have held on to the thing. And I know that was a question you were going to have for me, but I'm going to make it very clear. If Tatum did not kiss Carlos and Tatum had never done anything to wrong me over the course of my time in the hotel, 
I would have held on to the ball. Period. End of story. 100%. 100%. Not, it's not even close. Um, because I would have had no reason not to trust her. And I also didn't, I also would have looked like an asshole. If I had dropped the ball on Tatum when she had done nothing to wrong me, I would have looked like an asshole. And, and that did matter to me. My reputation did matter to me, both amongst, you know, the other hotel guests and, you know, amongst the viewers. So the fact that I had an opportunity to take more money and still be looked at as, you know, a good guy and just doing the smart thing, obviously it worked out well and it was a fortunate result. But um, if things were a little different and Tatum had never done anything to show any signs of disloyalty, I would I would have held on to the ball the whole time. And then you gave the stare after the after the ball drop. Where did, where did the yeah. stare come from? Like it almost was like a f u, and it seemed like like there was a part of me that looked at it, and it seemed like you were angry. But obviously, listening to you in this podcast and um, you know post show, yeah. everything, it just where did the was, where did the look come from, or was that just in the moment you didn't even realize you did that? I, I was not. Steve, that's what that is. That was just a great shot. Someone, whoever's, you know, operating that camera just got a great shot there. It looked cool. Um, and it looked like I was angry, you know, and you know, everybody was calling me a savage for that and all that kind of funny stuff. Um, in, in all reality, I think my emotions were just kind of like, it was kind of like, you know, one of those, like, well, I had to do what I had to do. And I just kind of had a stern look on my face. And I looked back at Tatum to kind of see a reaction after I did it. And at the same time, there's, uh, I, I'd be lying if I, you know, if I said there wasn't a little part of me that was like proud of myself in a way of finally standing up, you know, for myself after all the stuff that, you know, went down because, you know, Carlos and, Tatum did, you know, obviously went behind my back a couple of times and I was very calm about it. Um, I never, you know, I never got in Carlos's face. I never told Tatum that she was, you know, a bitch or, you know, I, I was just very calm. And I said, look, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I think it was a questionable decision you guys made. It's going to make you know, it hard for me to trust you. And I said some stuff like that, but I was very cordial about it. I never lost my temper when it came to the Carlos Tatum situation. And finally I had an opportunity to, take things in my own hands and kind of right some wrongs, if you will. And I did it. So yeah, there was a part of me that was like, you know, this is it, you know, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to take things back in my own hands right now. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of right the wrongs that you made, you know, out of our whole situation. That's kind of maybe where that look came from, I guess. No, understandable. And just listening to you on this podcast, it's just funny because you have, the way you've explained everything about this show is like you, you just looked at this show from such a practical point of view. Whereas I don't think anybody else did. I mean, I haven't, the only person I've, the only other person from this show I've spoken to is Tatum, but you have really made it clear about how you looked at everything through a certain lens. And I, I just don't know if other people on the show did the way you did, which was, you know, like I said, like you said, there's no strategy you just, I think yours, your outlook on the show though is a little, is, is different than everyone else's if I had to guess. But then again, I haven't spoken to everybody. Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm the only person that, that was, that went about things the way I did or that looked at things through the lens I, you know, through which I looked at everything. But I will say that just in everyday life, I'm a very, I, I go about things with my head over my heart. So any decision, any reaction that I made, was with my head. It was what is the best possible 
thing for me to say right now? What's the best move for me to make right now? Um, and I knew that everything I did and said would have potentially have consequences down the stretch, which is why I was so um, cordial with everybody and try not to ever cross anybody. And I think the only time you saw the, a, a truer version of myself come out was maybe during that popsicle melting challenge. I'm a very competitive person and under those high stakes, you know, that we were under where Tate and I almost had to go home uh, from that challenge. And, and she had dropped half the key in the sand and it was, it was looking pretty bleak for us. Yeah. I was pissed for a second and I, you know, I yelled at her and I regret that. But my point is, I am no different than anybody else. I, I, you know, I like to strategize. I am competitive. I have done things that you could be look that could be looked at as not the right thing to do. But in that show, for the most part, I did the right thing. I went about things the right way because I felt that was the best strategy for me to, to hang around. So, and it was all because I looked at things like what is the best way to go about doing things. So I definitely was very logical in everything I did and everything I said. And I looked at every situation as what's best for me. So, uh, you know, some people definitely led more with their heart. You know, Brittany led with her heart um, and, and that cost her, I think. And I think Tatum, she claims that she made some of the moves she made because, you know, she was there to find love and she didn't feel like I was giving her the, you know, affection she needed. And she went off and felt something with Carlos and, you know, mistakes happen. So I don't know. I can't wrong anybody for that, but I definitely was one of those people that went about things um, a very logical way. And post show, um, it's been it's been interesting because I had no idea about anything post show because, like I said, I didn't watch the finale until last week. So I purposely tried to stay away from seeing what anybody was doing on social media, following any you know, see who was buddying up or coupling up or just even hanging out. I wanted to until I saw the finale. And, you know, when I had Tatum on and I asked her, okay, so what's the situation with you and Bobby post-show? Is Are you dating? Were you dating? Was there, a, you know, a possibility to date? And her answer was that she was interested in you. She would have done the long-distance thing from you with you but she just felt like you weren't interested and you had given her the cold shoulder. So it's just, just something where it was, Hey, we were on a show together. We got to where we did because we stuck together as, as much as we could have without you going off to Carlos a couple of times. And it was just somebody that you're, you weren't interested post-show. I mean, is it as simple as that? Yeah, um, well, I will say this. I, Going into the show and at this point in my life, I'm not necessarily actively pursuing a relationship necessarily, I'll say. Um, so it's nothing against Tatum. I just don't know if I really want to be in a relationship right now. And it's fine if she does. You know, I, everybody's kind of has their own agenda and everybody's at different points in their life. So for me, it would have taken something really special for me to commit to a relationship so obviously Tatum and I were never dating. We were just in a couple on a reality TV show. Tatum was a person that I had, you know, some feelings for. I, I liked Tatum. Um, I thought she was cool. I thought she was, you know, fun to be around and all that stuff. Even with the Carlos situation, I mean, I completely forgave her for that. So um, there was no hard feelings between Tatum and I. I just was not ever really seriously considering a, a, an actual relationship with her. Um, 
and it is what it is. Yeah. So I, for her, yes, she made her feelings known. I, I do think she would have been okay with like trying a long distance relationship. I would not have been okay trying a long distance relationship. And, you know, we were cordial. We would talk from time to time. I think she was getting upset with me because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't responding to her in a timely fashion. I wasn't talking to her every day. She started to, yeah. you know, she started to get upset with me. And then she found out that Rosanna from the show came to St. Louis to visit me. And Rosanna had been all over though. Rosanna went to California to visit Brittany and some of the other cast members. She went to New York to visit some of the uh, cast members and hang out. And then she went to St. Louis and, uh, I think Tatum looked at it as like, oh, what, you and Rosanna are a thing now? And it's like, no, you know, Rosanna are good friends from the show and she wanted to come visit. And so at that point, she, you know, I guess that was the last straw for her. And she's kind of cut off communication when she found out Rosanna was going to come to St. Louis. So it is what it is. Yeah. OK, so, I mean, because that's basically what it was when I asked her. So what's the situation with you and Bobby now? And she's like, no, we don't even we don't even talk anymore. And he knows why. And I'm not going to get into it. Um, yeah. And he probably won't get into it either. And and that's where she left it. I'm like, oh, OK, well, I'll ask him. But um, well, I, have, I have no problem getting into it. I mean, it's not I I have no shame in that. I mean, Rosanna and I were, were very close in the hotel. We had a great time together. She obviously was with Tyler uh, in her time there on the show. She obviously made her off limits to me because Tyler was my buddy on the show. So as long as. Tyler and Rosanna were a couple. I was never going to, you know, even consider Rosanna as an option to room with. But in all reality, after all that stuff settled down, you know, Rosanna and I had talked and, you know, we just knew that we were good friends and we wanted to hang out and see each other. So it's, it's nothing more than that. It's just, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with Rosanna and I being close. And I'm, I'm sorry that that obviously pissed Tatum off. I didn't want to piss him off, but, you know, she has every right to, they go about handling things any way she wants. So yeah, yeah, I haven't really talked to her much at all lately because you know she was fed up with me, and and I get it. I mean, in fact, to be honest with you, I was surprised she wanted to talk to me at all after I did what I did in the finale, and I dropped that ball. So um, I thought that she would never want to talk to me again after that, and I was surprised to find out that it was you know that wasn't the case. But everybody moves on, and everybody's got you know, bright futures ahead of him. And if Tatum's not going to be a part of my future in any way, shape or form, then that's too bad, but she has to do what's best for her. And if, if removing her, removing me from her life completely is what's best for her, then so be it. So post-show, is there any, um, obviously it sounds like you're friends with a lot of the cast and a lot of the cast has remained friends. I take it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously from the cast, I would say I've, I'm probably closest. I'm obviously closest with Tyler. I mean, he and I have already hung out a few times um, after the show. He lives uh, about an hour west of Chicago. So he's about three and a half hours north of me in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And so we've hung out a few times. We talk almost every day. Um, he's a really cool guy. And we kind of have similar directions that we want to go in the future. And then obviously Rosanna came to visit. I'm going up to New York at the end of the month to visit the likes of like Caitlin and Mary Elena and Hans and Jair. So I consider myself to be pretty close with the majority of the, you know, the cast members. And it was a special experience that we were all a part of. So you grow pretty close to people when you're all involved with something like that. You know, we went into it knowing nobody. So it's really easy to start to get along with people because, you know, it's like college, you know, you go into it knowing nobody and everybody's open to make friends. And um, when you're all a part of the same experience like that and you're all in it together, it's really easy 
even in the matter of, you know, four or five weeks to, to get pretty, uh, to get pretty close to each other. So for some people, they're like, Oh, you guys were just on a reality TV show. Like, you know, stop acting like you're real friends. It's like, no, you don't get it. You spent 24 hours a day with these people with no phones, no TV. You can legitimately get pretty close to people in a month. You know, it's basically a month long vacation. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's not unrealistic at all for, for people to, you know, actually have true relationships out of that thing, but to find true love, that's maybe a little bit of a different story. Yeah. Well, you're, you're closest to Tyler. Like you said, I asked Tatum this, but I don't know how close Tatum is with Tyler. And, and I asked her, is Tyler still with, what's the girlfriend who came on the show? I forget. Shaley. Shaley. Is he still with her? Cause Tatum was like, I think they are, but they're kind of, some days they are, some I'm days they sure. aren't. Yeah, Steve, I'm not sure the exact status of that relationship. Oh, okay. uh, you'll have to you'll have to reach out to Tyler sometime and, and, and get an answer from him. Um, oh, okay. I will say I believe that those two are still see each other on occasion. I don't know how often. I don't know if they have an official title. Tyler doesn't really ever give me a straight answer on that either. So, okay. Um, obviously, hope you know the best for both of them. I kind of try to stay out of that because. You know, it's not really my business right now. I think they've kind of gone through some rough patches with the whole show and everything that, that happened. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know the status of that. So what about you uh, post show? Like, uh, like you said, you're two hundred thousand dollars richer. Um, what are your plans going forward in terms of job? What you're doing? I know you're big into golf. I've noticed, um, and you got a hell of a swing for a guy that's as thick as you are. Like I'm, I was like when I saw that Instagram post. Uh, of your swing at the golf course at the driving range, I was like, wow. Because usually people that are as built as you don't have that flexibility and they all kind of swing the same way, having played golf myself right. for a number of years. You have a very – like I was impressed by your swing for someone as ripped as you are because it's usually – you just don't get that type of torque on a swing like that. But you uh, you know what you're doing out there. What's your handicap, by the way? Thanks, man. Yeah, well, I'm a scratch golfer. I played in college. Oh, you're a scratch golfer? Oh, shit. No wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I played in college at the University of Tampa. I had a scholarship to play golf. And um, it's just something I like to do. You know, it's something you can do your whole life. So golf's definitely a big part of my life. It has nothing to do with my career or anything moving forward. It's just something I like to do. Um, and, yeah, but yeah, the flexibility thing is it's funny because I can't even touch my toes. Uh, but in terms of flexibility in my back and what it takes to, you know, generate that torque and, yeah. um, you know, have a, have a quote unquote, a solid golf swing, uh, I can still, I can still make those moves, but it's like, if you ever watch the world long drive guys, those guys are built, you know, those guys are giant. Those guys are six, three, six, four, 230 pounds. Yeah. Um, and you, you just, if you want to hit the ball far, you know, flexibility and technique comes first, but then any muscle and any strength you add to that swing, Obviously, the ball is just going to keep going further and further. So, yeah, golf is just something I like to do. I get to play with, you know, Cardinal uh, Hall of Fame shortstop Ozzy Smith the other day, and my buddy hit a hole in one in front of him. Oh, so nice. that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm a Midwestern dude. Um, you know, I, I go out, you know, on occasion, stuff like that, but I'm not really a big partier. I like to hang out with my buddies and play golf and go to the gym. And um, for me, moving forward, I'd like to find another show. You know, oh, you, so, want, you want to go we'll on another see, show. Okay. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm definitely not going to work for a little while. Steve. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to work for probably at least, at least six, to eight months. I'm just going to take it easy. So nice. I had some money saved up before this anyway. So I'm just going to, 
you know, what was your job? What What was your job before this? What did you do before? I I was in, I was in sales. I was in uh, automotive tool and equipment sales. It was a corporate sales gig where, you know, I had a big big old territory in the Midwest, kind of traveled around, made some calls, did some, some tool shows, trade shows, stuff like that. It was a, it was a good gig. I loved it. Great people there, but you know, it, I wasn't passionate about it. So hopefully, the next thing I do, you know, I have some more passion for. That's all you can ask for, right? Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, you you, you earned two hundred thousand dollars that you didn't have before you went on the show, so you you can do whatever the hell you want with it, and you know, exactly take as much time off as you want. Um, you mentioned other shows. That, like, is there anything that pops into your head? Like, there's got to be shows that obviously you are. Are there ones established out there that you were like, I would love to do that show one day? You know, honestly, I would like to do, I would, I would like to do a show where it's just a cast of people living their lives, like a, like a Jersey shore type show. And the reason is because then you're not worried about the game. You're not worried about getting voted off. You know, I want, I want to be a, a part of, you know, the cool thing about some of those shows where it's just following people's lives, whatever it is they're doing is you actually get to do a lot of character building and you're not stressed out. It's just, you're having a good time and people are entertained by it. So, you know, the stuff like the challenge or the bachelor or the bachelorette, stuff like that, it's, it's kind of more the same where you're constantly on edge because you're worried about getting voted out. And I'm not opposed to doing a show like that, but um, you know, a rendition of a Jersey shore, a Florida shore, stuff like that anything along those lines where you're just in a house full of buddies and you're living your life, having a good time. Like that's what I would like to do oh, wow. um, because I do have a, because I do have a good time. And I think that you didn't get to see that when you watched paradise hotel is how good of a time we had, you know, we get, we, we get a few drinks in us and we, the shit that went down there was fucking hilarious. And you just didn't really get it. You didn't really get a sense of that because they had to stick to the plot. They had to stick to, you know, what the show was about, which was staying in a couple and not getting voted out. So all the little funny stuff that happened behind the scenes, you know, a lot of that didn't make it to the final edit. And it's too bad because there's some cool people on the show with some cool personalities and you just didn't necessarily get to see that. No, it's understandable. Like you said, it's, it's a television show and they have to show the game aspect of it and who's scheming against who, because then stuff, if they don't show that part, then stuff that then stuff would happen and it wouldn't make sense. They had to show, a backstory as to why things led up to certain things. And yeah, on a show like that, they're not going to show a bunch of people having fun and just letting loose and shooting. Exactly. Shit, exactly. Know? Maybe, maybe if they had the full, full span of episodes they intended, they would have, but yeah, um, we certainly yeah, would have gotten exactly. more if they, we certainly would have gotten more if they had the full exactly. of episodes. But uh, anyway, Bobby, uh, congratulations on, on the win and um, good luck with everything in the future. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time uh, to do this for an hour. Um, and I'm sure the fans are going to love it as well. So uh, good luck in the future and uh, we'll be in touch. You got it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. You got it, Bobby. Thanks a lot to Bobby Ray for that and to Tatum before him. Really cool to hear uh, from both of them. They're obviously not seeing eye to eye on things right now, but who knows? Maybe they will uh, down the road. Just want to tell you that this podcast brought to you by KiwiCo. KiwiCo's projects are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning in kids of all ages. They make learning about STEAM fun. They are on a mission to empower kids, not just to make a project, but to make a difference. KiwiCo is offering Reality Steve podcast listeners the chance to try them for free. To redeem this offer and learn more about their projects for kids of all ages, visit KiwiCo.com slash Steve. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Steve. You know, one thing that Bobby said 
during the podcast that I that I gave a little thought to, and I didn't say it at the time. But he's talking about when I asked him about the winner, and you know, he said in his mind, Dave and Kendall deserved to win, and then obviously. His, the reason why they didn't win was because, what did he say? Well, if Dave and Kendall won, that would have been really anticlimactic and kind of boring because they were there for love, and within the theme of the show, yeah, they would have probably deserved to win, but it wouldn't have been good TV. And then him and Tatum won, and you know he talked about the finale and how it was a great finale, and but he didn't agree with what Tatum did during the show to get to that place. He said, look, all he had to do was just stay with me. But when he says that about Dave and Kendall, now I'm thinking about it. It's like, but if Tatum never does anything and never tries to play Jair and tries to, you know, get Carlos eliminated by going behind Bobby Ray's back and they didn't have drama between them, then maybe Bobby and Tatum are the couple that ends up being Dave and Kendall. And at that particular checkout, people eliminate them. Like if there was no, it was almost like, I get what Bobby is saying, but the fact that him and Tatum did have some drama and they weren't like this solid couple that held hands all day long and, you know, slept together the whole show and, and caused no drama and were frankly kind of boring like Dave and Kendall were, that's what got Dave and Kendall voted out. So maybe if he, it's almost like, and I know Bobby was bothered by the Kendall stuff and or the Tatum stuff, and that's why he eventually dropped on her because he felt he couldn't trust her. However... It's almost like without that, they might not even have gotten that far. So it is interesting. I mean, there's there's obviously this is the first season in 15 years. There's no correct way to play. The way that Bobby won the game was different than how Tatum played and how Bobby played. They it looked like they were in different they were on different sides of things. But, you know, Bobby ultimately has the scoreboard in this because he won 200,000 and Tatum walked away with nothing nothing unfortunately. But that finale was fun to watch. I mean, if you if you missed it, it really was interesting. You can even check it out. I'm sure it's still up on Fox or, or Hulu somewhere. Anyway, thank you very much uh, to both of them uh, for sharing their stories with us this week. Um, and please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Always very much appreciated. We are in the top 10 of any shows, all the shows on Apple Podcasts. We are in the top 10 on in the TV and film category, which is great. We moved up to number eight, I believe, last week. And the Haley Stevens episode a couple weeks ago got us, uh, that particular episode got, got as high as number two. Uh, Olivia's episode last week got in the top ten, so let's make the uh, Tatum and Bobby interview make the top ten as well. That'd be great. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 138. And um, next week we're back in the Bachelor world as, I don't want to jinx it yet, but it is somebody I've talked about in the past that I've wanted to get on supposedly I'm going to be recording with them later today. So I'll have that in the can, hopefully for the next week and run it next week. But we're set to record today and it's definitely bachelor related. And I think you're going to like this one. Anyway, thank you all for tuning into podcast number 138. I really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. See you.